Hey, there is a new, very important book by Cash Patel, the veteran of the Trump administration and uh, a great investigator for Devin Nunes. Uh, the book is called Government Gangsters, The Deep State, The Truth, and The Battle for Our Democracy. And Cash Patel, the author, and again, the Trump veteran, the MAGA guy, joins us now. Cash Patel, how you doing? Hey, Greg, it's uh, good to be with a fellow Garden City guy after all these years. That's right. I was so shocked and thrilled to learn that you went to Garden <laughs> City High School a few years after me. Uh, so you're a New Yorker, and uh, that's fantastic. First of all, how did you how did you find yourself working in the Trump administration? Oh, you know what? It's a lot of blind luck and a lot of, uh, you know, planning by God. If you want to make him laugh, just tell him your plan. They've been laughing at me for about 20 years. And uh, just uh, focused on the mission set, and I thought, you know, what a privilege it is to serve. And I did Russiagate, then I got to lead counterterrorism, and I got to do lead the DOD and a bunch of jobs in between. And I think what people, what I learned about the government gangsters is they care about the titles before their name and what's going to be their next title in their private industry drop zone. And I just didn't care about that. I just cared about executing the mission. So uh, if anything, that's the lesson for anyone listening who wants to go into service. Just put the mission first. Mission first. Uh, yeah, title. They get really hung up on that. Uh, you're a lawyer, too, right? You worked for the federal government yeah. as a lawyer? Yeah, I was a national security prosecutor at DOJ and a federal public defender. So that was some uh, it was good investigative skills I learned that I didn't know I would need in Russiagate. <laughs> wow. All right. So uh, you, you are so well equipped and uh, the stuff that you have seen. Unbelievable. First thing, and then we'll talk broadly, but you show up at the Pentagon, I believe, as the secretary, the secretary's chief of staff. And from what I can tell, a continuing almost coup is in effect. And quite frankly, uniformed generals are involved. You can call it a coup or you can call it insubordination, but something really foul was going on. Am I wrong? You're not wrong. And that started before uh, my time at the Pentagon began as chief of staff. It started with uh, even before Secretary of Defense Esper and Mark Milley went over to the Pentagon and used the uh, general officer flag officer process to basically capture and entrench more government officers to do their bidding and to combat Donald Trump's presidency and his national security mission because they simply did not like him and they were part of the deep state entrenchment. And when we went over there and started moving pegs on the board, they did not like us. And that's why you saw the total politicization of one of the worst government gangsters that I talk about in my book, Mark Milley. That is a process that is built by the defense industrial complex. It is worse to me than every lobbying institution on K Street combined, and we must defeat it. I'm looking at the cover of your book, Government Gangsters. It's you, and you're coming off of Marine One at the White House. Pretty cool. You look like a bit of a gangster <laughs> yourself. Um, but you are a good guy in all of this. So they are almost criminal. Like they're gangsters. They're gangsters. Yeah, huh. they are. And that's, you know, the funny, you know, you, you talk to a couple of New Yorkers here and we're not, we're talking about guys that were almost worse than John Gotti and the likes of Al Capone, because at least those guys cared about charitable endeavors and charitable contributions in their communities. These guys don't care about anything, but their bottom line, their ego and saving face in the fake news mafia. That's what makes them so much worse, and that's why the only title they deserve is government gangsters. And like other gangsters, we have to educate the American public to put them down in the appropriate legal law enforcement way for breaking their oaths of office. And that's what half the book is about, the solution than the highlighting of who failed us where. Uh, You know, I know that there are a handful of good generals out there. 
Uh, very, right. very few. Actually, that's one mistake that Donald Trump made. He went in thinking that these people were righteous people. Uh, mm-hmm. and that they were going to be on his side, you know, the permanent governing class. That was the opposite. Yeah. Did you have you, in your research or in your experience? I, I think I would submit that this has been happening even before even before Trump, um, that they tried to undermine uh, Obama, that they tried to undermine Kennedy, that they tried to undermine mm-hmm. Nixon. A chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff was actually stealing, stealing documents from the White House, literally stealing uh, yeah. and 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 got caught i yeah the public doesn't know about this is there accountability for mark milley and all the crazy stuff he did not in the media and not with this doj just like there's no accountability for government gangsters like merrick garland christopher ray for the two-tier system of justice and their hippocratic uh prosecution basis prosecution of donald trump but to answer your point about the general officers and the flag officers that goes back eisenhower warned us of the defense industrial complex in the 50s before he even became president and he said, you better watch this behemoth. It is going to take over Washington and take over the mission, just like it did for Mark Milley and company who cared more about the next star on their shoulder and the title and their egos in the media than they did about the mission. And that's why some of these flag officers, that's it's not a coincidence to see, you know, General Kelly now coming out with his, you know, shame story of Trump all of a sudden. That's not a coincidence. There are no coincidences in the government. These people are working together in a coordinated effort to take out Donald Trump because he is threatening their livelihood that's been built over these last 60 years. And and if he wins, it's uh, game over and we can start the accountability process for for against these folks. Well, uh, look, I, I, I'm totally on board. This is true. What you are you are speaking the truth. Now, my question is this, though, the generals. Who are yeah. they working for? They, they, because let me run this by you. I was in the military for a long time. These guys, um, they go from being a base commander, right, which is yeah. pretty, you know, it's a local job, being a colonel to being a two, three, four-star general uh-huh. in not that much time. Their heads are spinning. They're not – Wesley Clark once said that most generals are not capable of strategic thought uh-huh. because, well, <laughs> they've been thinking – very small for a long time, and that's fine. We need guys to think small. So I don't think that they have the creativity or the guts to pull this off on their own. They're working for somebody. Who are they working for? The chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff. What I talk about in Government Gangsters is the corruption of the Joint Chiefs and the behemoth that it has become. It's supposed to be a singular entity led by one chairman to advise the president when called upon. That is it. Not to leak secrets to China, not to give him a heads up warning, not to talk to Pelosi on the side on January 6th, but it's to serve the president for national security advice when called upon. And the reason the Joint Chiefs of Staff has taken over is because unless you get in the fraternity, unless you say uh, yes and wink, wink and give him a nod, you ain't getting that third and fourth star. But if you do, you'll be put on hyperdrive and you will be underqualified for the position you have, which is commanding our brave men and women in service. And they will suffer and America will suffer, but you'll get your star. And that's one of the things I say in Government Gangsters in the book, that we have to totally redo, not just the defense industrial complex, but the Joint Chiefs. That is a mission that needs complete rework. All right. Now let's talk about the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, Millie. I mean, I have a theory that even he is reporting to somebody or some entity. For instance, look, this is a guy who (laughs) most generals have to be kiss-ass people. All right. This is mm-hmm. overlooked. We think that they're General Patton. No, they got to be a general by being political, by avoiding mistakes mm-hmm. and by avoiding risk. He gets these big uh, these big assignments and he sees which way the wind is blowing. Trump. Nobody likes him. The swamp wants him gone. 
does he do this? Does he take this on his own or is he, is he, is he working for some other entity? I know you said clearly chairman of the joint chiefs of staff is calling the shot or, but is it possible that he's working for somebody else? Yeah, he's working for the deep state. He's working for the media. Just look to the last glorified biography of Mark Milley on the way out the door. If you read that, you would think he's better than every other chairman of the Joint Chiefs that preceded him. He is looking for his circular end zone, just like the guys that come into government. They want a big payday on the way out. But the more important thing is if they can do it by getting Trump and punching at him, the media will glorify you as a hero, even though you broke your law, broke the chain of command and debilitated the military in the process. Our preparedness and readiness of our men and women has never been lower. That falls to the Secretary of Defense and the chairman that we're talking about. But they cared more about leaking stories and fake information to the media, and Mark Milley's culprit number one while he was during the Trump administration. And the only reason he did it was to maintain his job and to promote his buddies. So when he left, the same insurance institution would serve them and him going forward. That is a summary of what happens, not just at DOD, but FBI, DOJ, NSA. They protect the institutions over serving the nation. You know, and you can see it. They say it out loud sometimes. It sounds righteous, but it's actually not. You know, the men and women of the FBI, the men and women yeah. of the Justice Department, even the, the, the our fighting men and women in uniform. It sounds beautiful. How can you be? But you think about it a little bit, you know, for a few more seconds, you realize the men and women of the FBI you know, they work for us. They make it sound like it's the other way around. And I think they intimidate and they bamboozle a lot of elected members of uh, the members of Congress. Do you see that? I think they control the members of Congress through lobbyists in the defense industrial complex. I think the reason that you have such, let's use Ukraine, for example, it's not a Democrat or Republican thing. I talk about that a lot in government gangsters. It's not a political mission set. It's a how do we enrich ourselves mission set. $120 billion to Ukraine comes out of the defense industrial complex and goes back into congressional members' pockets and their PACs and their super PACs so they can be reelected and say they got jobs back to American um, towns across the, the states. And that is just one example of why that behemoth must be not crushed entirely, but reduced by half because they own the politicians. I want 55,000 homeless veterans to get a dollar before I want to give another dollar to the Ukraine. That's my mission set. And educating America that we are failing our veterans, failing our teachers, and failing our cops, but serving some overlord in Washington is part of the mission. And that's how we're going to take the country back. Wow. Um, hey, by the way, you mentioned the um, the article, the uh, the profiles of Millie. Yeah. You read that Atlantic story carefully, and I have. I mean, he admits a lot of stuff that can be definitely used against him in a court of law or a court martial. Mm-hmm. The stuff that he's boasting about, quite frankly, is, in my opinion, unconstitutional, illegal, yeah. certainly insubordination. And uh, however. He does talk a big game. Now you've dealt with him face to face. Is he all, was he like as tough and rough and blunt as he maintains? I have a hard time believing that. No, he was all bravado when it came to it in the media and when it came to putting on a show. But like you said, when he said he would go ahead and call the leader of China before an attack, he broke the uniform code of military justice. That is a violation of military law that he should be prosecuted for. When he entered the chain of command, when he entered the political arena with statements in the media, he broke the UCMJ, all of which would get any officer kicked out of the military forever without honors and probably punished even more so in the brig. But because with this administration and because the media glorifies that conduct, you get guys who think they're the cool four-star badasses who in reality are not. 
um, to be the fake heroes of the day. And we got to get back to the Ike Eisenhower's of the world hey, and, and, and guys like that. I love it. Hey, by the way, there's a very simple case, I think, to prove, uh, which was when he apologized for appearing with his boss, the president, outside the yeah. gates of the White House. He apologizes publicly, which was totally um, – inappropriate wildly wrong and he says he was seen as being political and then he makes about 15 uh political statements in that speech about black lives matter about george floyd it's incredible very very few people have watched the whole speech he gets so hyper political cash if you get if trump wins what do you want to do in the white what what what, how would you how would you do this stuff let's pretend that you're sitting down with john mcintyre and uh, yeah. you know you can get any job. I I know you're not into titles, but where could you do? You know where could you be the most productive in rooting out and and defeating the deep state? Yeah, look, the mission is putting Donald Trump back in office because the deep state wins if he loses. And once we do that and get back in there, I want to do any role. It'd be an honor and privilege to serve again in any capacity that allows me to take a wrecking ball to the deep state. And whether that's in personnel or whether that's enforcing Congress to take away the purse strings of these government gangsters or whether that's DOJ and FBI prosecuting these individuals for their violations of law so we finally have accountability. There's a myriad of institutions that are corrupted by the deep state, actually every one of them, and it would be a privilege to serve in any capacity. I don't really care about the title of the role as long as we get the job done because because our country and our future generations are depending on us to fix this. And unless we want to go the way of socialism and communist China, then Donald Trump's got to be our next president. Awesome. Well, folks, uh, please get the book. It's going to be, <laughs> I think it's a no brainer. I'm downloading it right now. Government Gangsters, The Deep State, The Truth, and the Battle for Our Democracy by Cash Patel.